0: It's Archie Cameron here from Agape Ministries. I just want to take a minute to say a big thank you from Cathy and myself. A big thank you for taking time in your life to download and listen to these podcasts. Our prayer for these podcasts, these recordings of wise and trusted teachers, will bless you and will help you to see your life as a wonderful gift filled with peace, love, enjoy a life rich with dignity meaning and purpose. God bless you stay safe and have a beautiful 2021 Thank you again from Cathy and Archie at Agape Ministries episode 38 Cyril Aston's teaching on communities of fence movers.
1: The theme of what I want to say the first part of this morning is to talk about being a community of fence movers, a community of fence movers. The theme is taken from a book by a Methodist, it's called A Conspiracy of Goodness. And this Methodist, uh, Donald Messer, um, I discovered this when I was teaching at Cliff College on the master's degree in the diploma courses. Um, He came to the conclusion that all the metaphors that we use for the church are outdated, you know, army, bride, etc., Um, and sometimes paternalistic and imperious. And he tried to define some new metaphors to be used for the Christian community. Old metaphors can often be triumphalist, monarchical, patriarchal, and imperialist. That's what he says in his book, which no longer inspire, but rather muddy the waters. And Messer attempts to find new ways of understanding the church in terms of its presence in the world. And in one of these metaphors, he describes the church as a community of fence movers. community of fence movers. Is this okay for you? Can you hear? Okay. You might not want to hear, of course. Um, And the use of the word, you know, when he calls the book a conspiracy of goodness, the use of the word conspiracy is quite interesting, because to conspire, to have a conspiracy, is generally speaking seen as a very negative thing. Um, But it isn't. Conspire means literally to breathe together, to breathe together. Expire means to cease breathing. Inspire means to uh, enthuse other people. So the book Conspiracy of Goodness is worth looking at. But I'm just going to pick out this one metaphor that he uses. The church is to be a community of fence movers, barrier movers, fence movers. So mission, rather than ecclesiology, that is how we describe our church, how we live our church, how we do church, how we understand church, is mission is the prior entity. It's the most important. The church exists for the world, not for itself, as delighted when Archie set off yesterday evening with the worship by saying precisely that God so loved the world he probably thinks the church in all of its manifestations is okay but he he loves the world and it's for that reason that he gave his son there's a, a caricature of um caricature of the churches that I remember from some years ago. You can always tell what kind of church you're in by looking at the pictures in the vestry, on the vestry walls. The Methodist Church will often have a picture of you know, Jesus the Good Shepherd. Thank you. The Roman Catholic Church will often have a picture of the Sacred Heart. And in the Anglican Church vestry there's almost always a full-length mirror. (laughs) In other words, we're beginning to recognize at last, thank God, we spent too much time looking at ourselves rather than looking at the world. It's not exclusively an Anglican um, proclivity that it belongs to others. It seems to me as well. The church is called to accompany a missionary God into the world he loves. Fences, barriers, whether denominational, parochial, cultural, theological, sociological, they get in the way, they hinder the work of God. Uh, Messer quotes an enacted parable in his book. I'll read it out to you. Immediately after the devastation of the First World War, Quakers distributed food and clothing to the impoverished people of Poland. One relief worker who had served a variety of villages suddenly contracted typhus and died within 24 hours. Only Roman Catholic cemeteries existed and canonical law forbade burying anyone not of that confession in their consecrated ground. Therefore, they buried their cherished missionary friend in a grave just outside the cemetery. The next morning, however, it was discovered that the villagers had moved the fence during the night (laughs) (laughs) so that the cemetery included the grave. This community of Polish fence movers embodies an enacted uh, parable for our time, defying outdated dogmas that denied the true reality of their faith and friendship these Roman Catholic laity redrew the boundaries defining whom to include or exclude. Very noble and uh, very powerful illustration of what, uh, what we want to say. So the key question then. Why do we continue? Important question. Why do we continue to invest in institutional exclusiveness? Is it our insecurity? Embarrassment at the shallowness of our tradition? A misguided passion for an imagined denominational superiority? Fear that we'll lose numbers if we let the fences down? Another lovely story about a British farmer who went to Australia to try and uh, learn about uh, some of the farming farming concepts that he needed to to develop in in this country. And when he got there he saw vast, vast areas of, uh, of farmland with cattle scattered as far as the eye could see. But there was no walls, no fences. So he said to the farmer that was showing him around, how do you manage? How do you know which are your cattle without having them fenced in? And the farmer said something incredibly wise. In Australia, we don't build fences. We just dig wells. Cattle aren't going to go far from the source of their life. And that's an important parable, it seems to me, for us. People won't go far if we are giving them life. The reality is that often we are too precious of our own idea of the church. Bornhofer said, he who loves his dream of the church more than the church itself, destroys that church. Is this okay? I mean, um, am I boring you or anything? Well, that might come. I told you, I spent uh, 11 years as Bishop of Doncaster, and working in Yorkshire was quite a a major uh, experience for me. And I picked up this story about uh, three young men who were um, newly married, all of them recently married, and they were friends, and they, were, they met in this pub one evening. Um, and as they were sitting together, they began to boast about how they'd given their new wives duties to perform. I know something about that at the moment, but in reverse. This one man had married a woman from Essex and boasted that he told his new wife to do all the dishes and house cleaning. He said it took a couple of days but on the third day he could see it was working. He came home to a clean house and all the dishes were cleaned and put away. Another man had married a woman from Lancashire and he boasted that he'd given his new wife orders to do all the cleaning, dishes and the cooking. He told them the first day he didn't see any results but the next day he could see it was better and by the third day He could see that the house was clean, the dishes done, there was a lovely meal on the table. The third man, man said he'd married a woman from Yorkshire. He boasted that the duties he'd ordered her to do were to keep the house cleaned, dishes washed, lawn mowed, laundry washed, hot meals on the table every day. He said the first day he didn't see anything, the second day he didn't see anything, but by the third day, most of the swelling had gone down, and he could see... <laughs> and he could see just enough out of his left eye to boil the kettle. The history of the church is, we've been too keen to tell each other what they've got to do and never to listen. I don't think even now we're listening that carefully. In a couple of weeks' time, I'll be going on my annual retreat with uh, there's four Anglican bishops, two Roman bishops, and a, an Anglican archdeacon and a Methodist uh, um, ex superintendent, and we go to a Cistercian monastery, and uh, the uh, we, we all of us we attend the the morning mass, and there's a chaplain there. Uh, The the huge sadness is that we can't take communion. We do absolutely everything else with these people. And it's a sadness for them as it is for us. Uh, We are allowed, this is senior Anglican bishops, we are allowed to um, read the epistle, not the gospel, um, but the epistle, just in case we, we all go to hell instead of the other place. And the the sisters are lovely and they're as embarrassed about it as we are. Um, One morning I'd been chosen to read the epistle and I went just a few minutes early to go into the the vestry to see what the readings were. And I said to, the sister said to me, oh, good morning, Bishop, Um, why are you here? I said, well, I I want to find out what the reading is and to see whether there's any difficult words that I need to pronounce. And she said, Bishop, there's one. She opened the Bible pointed to the text, and pointed to the word obedience. That's the difficult word. And I wonder where we are in our different denominational uh, compounds. We're making progress, I know. I know you're making progress. But I've come to the conclusion I've been ordained for 50 years. I mean, I was about three when I was ordained, (laughs) you know. It was a tradition in the early church to ordain people very young. And one wants to, you know, one wants to see much more uh, love. We begin by loving one another. And I have to say this, if the leaders of the church and the ministers and the clergy and the priests, if they don't love one another, all your ecumenical stuff is useless, doesn't work. And you've got to to somehow or other show that. From the New Testament onwards, Christians appear to have been committed to a united church. The Council of Constantinople, remind me of the year, uh, well I'll tell you, 381 AD, produced the Nicene Creed which said, one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. Archbishop William Temple, an Anglican archbishop, said, I believe in one holy, catholic, apostolic church, but I regret that it doesn't exist. Jesus prayed for unity. I gather Father Chris was saying something about this yesterday. He prayed for unity and inclusiveness with such passion that the only way it could be expressed is in terms of the unity of the Godhead, John 17. You had it yesterday, did you? A little bit. That they may be one as we are one. It is unthinkable. It is as unthinkable to have a divided church as to have a divided Godhead. So, our task is pretty clear, it seems to me. Well, how will it be achieved? There needs to be a movement from arrogance to humility, from selfishness to servanthood, from hostility to hospitality, from isolation to inclusivity, from fence-building to fence-moving. St Paul, was a fence-mover. In the early church, one of the first and greatest, most damaging controversies of all time was faced by the Jewish insistence on circumcision, i.e. an issue of exclusion. St. Paul moved the fence by removing the mandate. Inclusion triumphed over exclusion in this community of fence-movers. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female for you're all one in Christ Jesus. This may say a huge amount to our current situation. Fence movers believe in Martin Luther King's vision of a world house. Unless people live together as brothers and sisters, we will perish together as fools. And our foolishness is evident by the presence of expensively maintained fences between our churches between us and other cultures, us and other understanding of human life and of sexuality. From what I gather, you seem to be working on this. And that's great, but what a long way we still have to go. Michael Ramsey, another great Archbishop of Canterbury, um, said once, it's a mistake to think of the church as an institution, a thing in itself, to be passed on from one generation to the next, as it were, lock, stock and barrel. It must be an experience of the resurrection. In other words, whether we colour ourselves Anglican, uh, Roman Catholic, Presbyterian, free church, most of which aren't free in my experience, I have to say, <laughs> any more than the Anglican Church is. Um, However we color ourselves, there needs to be that sense of longing, desire, you know, to be together, to worship together, to pray together, and to take the Eucharist together. That's the, um, the fence that has to be moved, it seems to me, in our lifetime, if that's possible. And all the things I see and hear about uh, Pope Francis are hugely, hugely encouraging, We need, our churches need, another conversion. You know, a continuing conversion. From fence builders to fence movers. And Archbishop Rowan, in one of his uh, really good uh, talks, said, there's a good deal in spiritual tradition that suggests the worst thing you can do is to look at each other with rivalry rather than with gratitude and shared delight. Gratitude and shared delight, without any sense of uh, censuring or disapproving. We have our own view and our own understanding, perhaps, of the Bible, but nothing should get in the way of our longing to be a a united church, a church worshipping God together and to 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 treat each other with huge generosity, a lot of my um, stories, I guess it's those who preach. Am I over time, by the way? <clears throat> Have I? Um, he, you know, our, our grandchildren are great um, means of uh, good stories. Our um, our daughter. We live a fairly complicated life. Uh, um, We have three sons and a daughter. Our daughter's uh, a consultant psychiatrist and a wing commander in the RAF, works at Bryce Norton. Um, Divorced, uh, so single mum with, uh, at the moment, nine-year-old twins. And my wife spends most of her time, sort of term times in Oxford, and I spend my time either traveling to Liverpool uh, or to Oxford up and down. Um, But these twins are brilliant, Raphael and Livia. Livia, a boy and a girl. And um, they were with us uh, recently and we'd gone out shopping into into Lancaster. And I was teasing them as uh, grandfathers, you know, do and all of a sudden, Livia, who's you know really bright, quite tall for her age, both are, she just suddenly walked away from me. We were in Marks and Spencers, and she walked up to this uh, woman she'd never met in her whole life. And she said, "'Will you please take my grandpa home with you?' He's,
0: <laughs>
1: he's, he's being really troublesome." And you know, she she turned round and sort of looked me up and down. I could tell you that she wanted to say yes. <laughs> but she made her excuses and uh, she had someone else at home. Um, but can I say, ultimately, it doesn't matter how troublesome you or I are in the sight of God, he will never send you away. So... No matter how much you kick up a fuss about the barriers and the fences that exist between our Christian communities, how much of a pain in the backside you are, you know, God will never send you away, you know, you can't be too troublesome. Um, That, I believe, is the way we should live and maybe the Holy Spirit is going to use us in new ways to cooperate and be together however troublesome we might think each other's Christian communities are, so we can continue our journey instead of being in competition. I'm going to pick up the theme in a slightly different direction in the next session, if that's okay. Um, But uh, I wonder if it's time to have some quiet. Would that be better than Good conversation what time are we on again do we have a coffee and break or something
0: <coughs> right right why don't
1: we if you want to be quiet why don't you do that if you want to chat to your neighbor you know perhaps do it here or go somewhere else. come we, we can there's, a ch- there's a chapel behind here have you been a, have you looked at it yeah just for it until halfway either on your own or
0: So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey to maximise your potential to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.